it looks like a very small uh, you know intervention but uh, what it is doing in the life of the women is tremendous i i feel the which is the base of everything is the confidence that they they get that today they can also do something that whatever they are making some is has a value is meaningful enough yeah. and also start feeling that this is important you are listening to the plate podcast welcome dear listeners to another episode of the plate podcast i am your host aarti ramachandran today we will be speaking with nidhi panth a co-founder at s4s technologies s4s technologies is responsible for an innovation in india's food processing industry that could be the game changer for thousands of farmers especially women farmers it has equipped them to become micro entrepreneurs and in this way set up their own businesses at the farm gate it's an innovation that also cuts down on food wastage which is a big problem that india faces and in the process it also brings down carbon emissions since the dehydration technology they use is based on solar power the company has won multiple awards for being one of india's most promising startups in the agriculture sustainability and livelihood space awards such as the zaid sustainability prize and the dell social innovation challenge nidhi herself is no stranger to awards she is most recently the winner of the women transforming india awards by the niti aayog and the united nations she has been listed in the forbes 30 under 30 in asia and india and has been awarded the cisco youth leadership award in 2022 so welcome nidhi i am really happy to speak with you hi aarti thank you for having me it's great to speak to you too great nidhi so i just thought that uh, we could launch into our conversation um by really speaking about the work that s4s technologies does so can you give us an overview of the work uh, that the company does and how it's helping small holder farmers especially women definitely uh, so s4s stands for science for society uh, at s4s we are transforming small holder women farmers to become food processors so currently if you see the challenges faced by the 126 million smallholder farmers in india are many uh, they there is land fragmentation there is uh, market linkage lack of infrastructure at the farm gate and zooming down to women they uh, themselves are working as daily wage workers or as farm laborers and have very limited livelihood options staying at home in their village uh, at s4s uh, we transform these women to become a uh, food processors micro entrepreneurs so what they can do is that they can process the surplus produce the lower grade produce which can get the right price in the market which would eventually go waste Uh, we create like an entire ecosystem for them to start processing uh, and we start by providing them our patented solar powered uh, food processing equipments these are combination of preservation as well as processing equipment so we give them these cutters dehydrators uh, milling machines uh, so that they can process their produce for these women who are new to credit it is also important uh how they how could they get access to this technology 
so they buy these equipments from us but their families don't have uh, disposable income to invest so we also help them by providing financial uh, loans from the banks so uh, based on our recommendation to the bank these women also get access to or to loans uh, they don't have historical data but still they get access to to this uh, 1 lakh to 2 lakh rupees loan that they can t- uh, they take from the bank mm. and get access. so we also help them in affordable financing okay and the third is that whatever processing that these women are doing which mm-hmm. is uh, when they are converting say an onion to an onion flakes or tomato to a tomato powder Yeah. we buy back all this produce so that they have like an assured additional income now okay. so essentially uh, providing them with technology affordable financing and market linkage but if you actually see what s4s as an organization does is that it sells uh, food ingredients to food and beverage industry that is made by women farmers so s4s provides food ingredients like corn grits onion flakes tomato powder to food and beverage industry that could include your large food fmcg players and also your hotel restaurant catering industry which is your food services industry and also to smes traders distributors different types of customers is who we cater to and uh, these food ingredients are processed in an interesting way by our women farmers right right So I I had a couple of questions firstly what are the kinds of produce that are actually processed at the farm gate um you spoke of tomato and tomato powder what else is there Esporis primarily works in two major categories fruits and vegetables which is your horticulture produce uh, which has in which we work in crops like onion ginger garlic tomato french beans carrot cabbage parsley different types of horticultural products and we also work in pulses and grains so uh, there we convert corn into corn grits corn starch corn oil uh, clean and gra- clean and grated 30 kg bag for export uh, we convert chana to chana dal to besan we also uh, do various types of pulses so dal moong dal tur dal these are the two major categories for us but we have recently launched two more categories which is spices where we are doing chili turmeric uh, coriander those those spices as well as we are focusing majorly on milk so these are the diff- the four different categories that we are focusing right now but the technology is equipped to even do tea coffee meat insect protein different different types of produce where we know that preservation through dehydration is a step we also add the processing the primary processing that can be done at the farm okay um and so typically how would these processed ingredients be used by the fnb industry can you give us a few examples sure uh, uh, let's take an example of your one category of soups so you would see uh, there is tomato powder or different uh, onion powder in this tomato uh, in the soup powder soup in the in the powder format and you would also have the carrot and the french beans added to your nor uh, yeah nor soup, soup soups yeah uh, 
Yes. So it is used both in the base as well as the added uh, the vegetables that are added to it. This is one example. Uh, second example would be anything that you're making as a, a gravy in bulk. So uh, let us take an example of a corporate kitchen, which serves more than a million meals per day, caters to this big volume of IT industry that comes to office. Uh, there they, required, they are required mm. to make a tomato and onion gravy, which is base to everything. Mm. Right. If you are even making like a damalo, you you know yeah. that uh, yeah. the, uh, the gravy is onion and tomato. Yeah. You're making like a dal. You still have that as a as mm. your gravy. When if you're making a sukha sabji, you have that as a gravy. So there, the challenge faced by the customer is that they o- always have to deploy labor or uh, manpower to cut those onions. Keep keep. They are chopping them. They have to go through the everyday procurement hassle. They have to purchase it. They have to store it. What S4S is replacing it with a ready-to-use uh, ingredients, which solves the, which simplifies the life of the chefs. So by providing them this ready-to-use food ingredients. So mm. what they can, just giving you an example, they can take up pink onion flakes. Uh, they are uh, 10 times lesser in volume as compared to a fresh onion. So you don't have to do storage. You don't have to do any sort of pre-processing. In pre-processing, not only your manpower is engaged, but you also go through a lot of wastage. There is, uh, It is also time consuming. So you just need to take those onion flakes, just boil it like how you're making the gravy. You add the tomato flakes also and you you get your gravy um you add water and then you boil it uh and you um, you take it to a temperature where it is more viable for you whether you want to at that point of time uh blend it together or whatever your recipe is but it's solving this it saves this time energy and cost for the restaurant or for this big corporate kitchen uh, where it is simplifying the lives of the chefs and it is also reducing the waste that they have right and what about the nutrient uh, denseness of of some of these dehydrated produce does it come down like if you're going to use it in a gravy tomato flakes or onion flakes does it retain the nutrient value or does that come down significantly there are two parts to your question. I think first part is the nutrient value that is retained mm. when they are processing by themselves at the farm gate. So mm. S4S technology uh, is very, we have carried out various studies for it with uh, reputed organizations uh, like National Institute of Nutrition, where we see that 85 to 95% of nutrients are retained during the dehydration process. So you don't have your water-soluble vitamins and minerals uh, which get evaporated. So the Mm. first is during up the process where we are processing the produce, the nutrients are well-retained. Uh, we have the right studies for it but, and with different commodities is what we see. It is also because of the fact that we are uh, processing and dehydrating it at a very uh, lesser temperature. The The temperature through at which we expose them is not very high for them to, uh, for the water-soluble ingredients to actually evaporate. That's one part of it. The second part of it is that during the cooking process, 
uh, whether you are boiling it, whether you are putting it through a microwave process, mm. it is the same uh, level of losses or uh, yeah. that would happen in a normal cooking process as it happens uh, if they Regularly. are using our ingredient, ingredients. Um, and just to sort of wrap up, uh, you know, who are some of the uh, people in the F&B industry that you work with? I saw some fairly big names on your website. Can you give us a sense of who are these uh, customers? Yes, we work with different customers. We uh, work largely also with exporters who use these food ingredients and sell it to international markets uh, in US as well as in Europe. We also work with food FMCG companies where some of the places where you would have seen our uh, ingredients are these YY noodles, uh, very famous uh, noodle brand. Uh, other place that you will see is in Safola Oats, various FMCG companies using it. So food services is another category for us where we are working with various cloud kitchens uh, like Fasos, Cure Foods, and also with uh, with various uh, bigger or channel partners like corporate kitchens who make more than, as I was mentioning, more than a million meals uh, per day. So large caterers that would uh, that have multiple location uh, kitchens mm-hmm. at multiple location, and also Indian Railways, Sodex, Sodexo uh, are some of our customers. So uh, give me a sense of how this idea came about. How did you decide to look at women farmers and augment their income and, you know, upskill them? Uh, Where where did that happen? How did it strike you as a a group of people who came together? Yes, I think I I want to also really acknowledge the fact that uh, our team here is very gender forward. So I, more than me, I would also credit my other co-founders who are very passionate about uh, giving more equity to this women. And, and the word here is equity is meeting them where they are. But to be honest, it started by actually seeing what's happening on the ground. Um, as you spend more and more time in the villages, you realize that women are not only working on the farms, uh, but they're also running the household. Uh, these women are working as daily wage workers. Uh, they start they don't have m- many livelihood options staying home and if they mm-hmm. if they want to work uh, and as a daily wage worker they don't also have uh, the work throughout the year so for them it uh, this is very unpredictable income what they are going to generate right uh, that's that's a very big part that this there is no consistent work that these women have Second, more most important part is the is the fact that they don't have any livelihood options staying in the home. They are also taking care of their kids and also doing elderly care. Uh, so they really want, like, if you ask the women what they want, they really want something so that they can balance their uh, their household life as well as also get some income. So. The challenge there being that all the options, livelihood options that they have, they really need to travel outside their village, Mm. find some work in some factory and then come back. And that is putting them in so much of stress. Uh, The third thing that I I, I think which is most important is that 
mobility is such a big challenge if she has to go out of the village she's mm. so much dependent on her husband most of them come together in a group and they are then travel like they have some arrangement with the with the transporter they would go out and you know uh, work with them and and then come come back uh, in in a in a group setup but mm-hmm. if she has to do it individually it is a it's a big challenge so these three major things that they, there is an unpredictability uh, in their work second is that they don't have any livelihood options staying home and third is that if they have any options going out it is also uh, mobility is a challenge for them and the fourth being that the nature of work that they do is also very laborious it's very intense they have to work in uh, in sun uh, they it's not very women friendly it's uh, also they have to lift lift heavy weight all of those so it's a, it's a very laborious work also that they you know get into and these are the parameters that we actually saw that this is this is what is the situation and that's where we realized that uh, this solution is great ideal for them uh, where they want to earn an assured additional income staying at home and uh, that's when we did a pilot with 200 women uh, and we saw that the and also we did with another a group of ma- male members where we saw that the quality of produce of the food produce that the women were making was really better than what a male member was uh, was producing that just being the fact that women are also more sensitive about food they would uh really make adhere to the to the quality because we pay them more on how much like based on how much they process right mm-hmm. uh the more you process the more you get paid uh but women were not cutting corners they would not give us like uh halfly pro- baked produce whereas men would uh, Would would give us the wrong quality at each time. So at that point of time, uh, we as an organization took a call that uh, when we are dealing with food with quality, also the value proposition of this of of the our processing ecosystem is best suited for women, and that's when we started working with only women. Uh, so we work with uh, women, and actually we also work with women who actually need it. for whom this additional income that we give uh, for 6500 to 10000 rupees is most meaningful uh, there could also be women who who are already uh, very established who don't need it who have good earning through the land holding being high they also have better earning opportunities so, so we don't work with them we work with women who who are actually for whom this additional income doubles down their household income so this addition uh, if you see there if if they have a 2 acre of land the mm. profit per acre per season mm. is 15000 rupees if they so for 2 acre land per season it is 30000 rupees uh, most of them have two seasons in a year uh, this would give them a household income of anywhere between 60000 rupees this is their profit i'm talking about this is what their profit that they earn 
with what we do this 9 to 10 months of work that we provide them uh it is anywhere between minimum 65000 uh, to a lakh a lakh or a more that they can do this doubles down the household risk so it also gives women and it also it directly goes in the hand of the women so she's also of now a breadwinner in the family and an equal breadwinner so it also gives her a seat on the table so uh it looks like a very small uh, you know intervention but what it does the co benefits in terms of how it is uh, what it is doing in the life of the women is tremendous it first not only gives them this confidence i think the most important part i i feel the which is the base of everything is the confidence that they they get that today they can also do something right they get this confidence that whatever they are making some is has a value because someone is putting a value to it right like and it is not only as for us but the other customers are buying yeah. it yeah so they feel it really confident that whatever we are doing is meaningful enough yeah. and also start feeling that this is important and the second part definitely is the income increase you know i mm. think that Uh, wherever we talk about women empowerment it like other things we always as an organization talk about asset body and voice we believe that once they have the asset mm. not only the set of equipments but also the cash that they are generating yeah it gives uh, it has a very uh, direct impact on their bodies where they are trying to uh, be better be healthier because mm. they themselves feel that they are Uh, important in the entire household in the decision making and that translates into them having the voice this voice that uh, they are all their their opinions also matter i was in fact wanting to ask you whether you have personal examples or have you come across examples of women whom you you worked with you know whose lives have in some ways been touched or transformed by this um yes one very very great example would be that in in the areas that we work with the um, the schooling or the education of the girl child is a is the responsibility of the women uh, she you you have your 12th grade uh, school like college mm-hmm. that you can send her mm-hmm. to at a mm-hmm. at a village or like uh, at a at a more taluka level but what yeah. about higher education so say you they have to come to say aurangabad for higher education mm. there is like mm. a mm. Uh, cost for hostel fee and college fee like mm. all of that mm. that is today taken care by her mother because her mother is also on it right that is actually empowering the other generation the next generation mm. Mm. uh to be in the area that we work with uh, mm. the household the head of the house 40% mm. um women are the head of the household mm. okay they are also the ones who are sponsoring the the girl child to to go for higher education mm. uh in, in the most uh the most special story for for me is also that um the the women micro entrepreneur that we started working prabhavati tai yeah uh, the, initially Mm, mm. she put a lot of trust and faith in what we were doing mm. uh, she was she took a chance on us mm. and it 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 it, it had then uh, her in a way that uh, had such a great 
impact on her family members also that hmm. her child hmm. uh, her son decided to work with us oh he okay. had he had uh, he studied journalism he had amazing sort of opportunities he hmm. could do everything right he could go out of aurangabad he could hmm. do uh, so hmm. many things but he felt that what his mother achieved was special was important uh, what what was needed by others also mm. in her in his community mm. and he decided to work with us and today is doing exactly the same like helping us expand to other women like him like mm. his mother so mm. i think this is also very very special uh, so so there's another woman that we work with her son is uh, is a special child uh he he has different challenges uh so he's he has to go to school in mm. of of special needs children because the mother was traveling outside the village was going out mm. the uh, her daughter had to be at home and take care of the mm. uh of the child of the mm. son mm. he had special needs right but as soon as the mother found work staying home mm. the girl child could go to to the school yeah the mother could take care of uh, her son and the daughter had the opportunity to go to school mm. continue her schooling and not stay back mm. and this is so indirect somehow i sometimes i'm yeah. just so amazed by uh, the fact that you know uh, some women are uh, paying off the debt of of the bike that their husbands bought some of these women are also they no longer have to go to la- you know loan sharks for agricultural loan day to day have a hist- historical data built up they can they are able to get uh, bank loans at a much cheaper rate uh, the disposable income that they have today they are able to make some decisions like one women decided to adopt a girl child oh wonderful there's another woman that we work with she's handicapped as well as uh, a divorcee a separate she had absolutely no uh, respect in the village as soon as she took this work she became a she came, became a role model for everyone in her village where she became so independent uh, she doesn't have to be dependent on anyone uh, you know for anything and uh, and this became like a big source of like her major source of income we started by uh, thinking this is like an additional thing that they would be doing but most of we see more, many of them taking this up as their primary activity mm. uh, and earning significant amount of money so uh, there are so many of such stories and and these women inspire me in so many so much so many ways aarti i uh, i acknowledge like i come from such a privileged background that for for me some of these challenges were never thought like i i i i never have to think twice before going out anywhere but i see uh, these women uh, you know working so hard inspiring me every day uh, so i think in this whole journey i found my purpose hmm. i found the fact that you know hmm. uh, this this work is not only a commercial win win but in hmm. in some ways is mm. transforming the mm. women life and also it is an orbit shifting transformation 
Mm-hmm. And it's not that delta that you are adding, that income increase that you do, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. confidence that they have. It puts them to the in the next level. Yeah. All of them to like at least four to five percent of the women that we work with all mm-hmm. are aspirational of having their own factories. Mm-hmm. They want to expand their work. Mm-hmm. And this is what I am passionate about. That you know how how you can. Uh, how how you rise you know by just lifting others and how this is such a uh, beautiful journey that they all are going mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. just with with this few components that we solved for this is what i think you know very customer centric approaches that for us the customer is not only the food and beverage industry but is also these women mm-hmm. and working with these 2000 we really can see that network effect Hmm. that others also want it they are hmm. asking us what more can hmm. we take up milk can we do hmm. this and uh, that gives us so much energy right uh, that makes us uh, you know stuck to stick to what we are doing it pushes us also to do more for them so i think this uh, when we initially started it was a lot more about oh we are doing this that like you know hmm. this is how hmm. it will help you now it has completely changed which is the which is more brings so much joy where there's a big network effect there is so much of inbound we have so many so many queries from these women uh, mm. who want to work their families being supported their life their lives in 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 their household and the community is getting changed so yes <laughs> i am absolutely passionate about it but also feel very grateful that i have an opportunity to serve them Uh, mm-hmm. i feel very uh, special and i i have this yeah, this uh, opportunity that i can give back to them yeah no that comes across nidhi and uh, yeah so how many how many uh, women uh, micro entrepreneurs uh, has it been possible for you to actually help and uh, you know bring them into your platform Uh, we work with two thousand women entrepreneurs in three hundred villages, okay. and have around hundred thousand farmers in our network that okay. we can source from okay. uh, directly through a village level collection center model, and also mm-hmm. through the FPOs that we work. Okay, and h- how does uh, you know the the whole carbon emissions, the cutting down of carbon emissions, fit into this? Is it because you are using the solar dehydration technology? Yes, three three ways. Uh, one very important uh, way which you said was that uh, switching the traditional food processing industry into a solar powered uh, food processing in equipment the energy usage is here solar power which traditionally is done either on coal wood or electricity uh, that's one big part but there is another big part which is at the source that this produce lot of time the lower grade like what is called a lower grade produce which is cosmetically damaged but nutritionally intact right uh, it would be a small tomato or it would be something which is uh, two bulb onion uh, sometimes ginger being like a little odd in shape so ugly produce but in table top it will not mm-hmm. get the right price like when you and i go for like uh, buying the produce you will say nee nee this is the lower grade b and c grade produce uh, which a lot of times the transportation cost to the mandi hmm. or the harvesting cost is greater than the value of the produce that they would get okay 
So this lower grade produce gets a lower price in the market. Right. So for the farmers, so a lot of times for tomatoes, it's not even viable for them to harvest it. They would just throw it in their mm. uh, in their farm, saying that mm. you know my harvesting cost is more mm. than mm. what I'm getting. And this produce will then go to landfills. And mm. uh, apart from the the resources that are getting wasted, which is mm. land, labor, mm. Uh, water, everything mm. that has gone to cultivate it. Yeah. Also, uh, so you at one end you have the resources getting wasted, and on another hand is also the bad uh, or the wrong things that this this um, this produce would emit. So mm-hmm. your uh, things that would go to landfill, your tomato mm-hmm. and all yeah. of that would also yeah. have methane emissions. Right. And that is also a big source that we prevent because we are processing that rather than letting it go to the landfill Hmm. so that's another uh, another part where where we are minimizing the because we are preventing the waste we are also minimizing the Hmm. uh, the greenhouse gas emissions that it would uh, the greenhouse gases that would enter the environment Hmm. the third part of it is the lower movement of goods Mm -hmm. So, if earlier you were transporting one, uh, one ton, so say hundred tons of onion, you would say require four to five vehicles. Mm. But for for we we are transporting dehydrated onions or mm. processed onions, which are much lesser in volume and mm. would require much uh, would only require say one vehicle, small vehicle for transportations. So you're also cutting down. Uh, the emissions that uh, because the you, there is lower need of there is no need for transportation you are also saving on the emissions that come out of uh, through logistics um i just thought we'll wrap up this part of our conversation on s4s uh, just by asking you to recapture this whole journey of s4s from the point when it was started to where you are today if you can tell us a bit about how a group of you, I believe, in college got together and came up with the idea. Um, and where it has reached now in terms of its size, how many employees you have, and where do you see yourself going? Would it be possible to do a brief timeline for us? Absolutely. Uh, it started uh, when we, uh, most of us are from this institute uh, in in Bombay called Institute of Chemical Technology. It's a very reputed institute for all chemical engineering and allied industries like food, pharma, oils, uh, dyes, textiles. So it does not offer any other uh, course other than chemical as well as chemical technology. Um, Mm. That's where most of us were doing either their bachelor's, master's or PhDs. Mm. So working Mm. in... uh, working in the and most of us were working in the same lab of professor uh, uh, thora that who, who's our guide who's been an anchor for all of this uh, but what got all of us together was also this unified mission that we wanted to use our scientific knowledge in service of people and that's where and that's why it is called science for society uh, my co-founder sheetal she was a doctor she 
she joined us she started by doing marketing for uh, different types of innovations that we were having understanding the market requirements the prob- the problems a lot more in detail where our solutions uh, lacked the the features or uh, the right target so all of us came with with this this uh, same mission oriented uh inc- inclination uh we also were joined by others a few who were doing their masters uh, in iit bombay so all of us got together uh we were doing multiple innovations in multiple uh sectors sanitation health water uh and we decided to focus on agriculture because we we thought that the problem was very big at one end there were 126 million smallholder farmers and on another end there is a 14 billion dollars worth of food produce that goes waste mm. every year so and the third definitely being gender which we discovered eventually uh our ceo and founder uh, webhof tedke uh, this solar rehydrator was a project like his masters project that he was working on and my other co-founders tushar swapnil uh, ganesh ashwin were working on different types of dehydrators uh, or technological solutions for managing post harvest losses uh, and uh, we started by selling these different types of equipments to smallholder farmers so we uh, was uh, would help them by providing first only with the technology uh, but later on we realized that the technology is of use to them only if they have uh, smallholder farmers it was used only if they have market linkage see large holder farmers are just like entrepreneurs right they can find like uh, their own market but what we saw was that for it to be a meaningful investment for smallholder farmers they need to have market mm. linkage technology alone is not going to be sufficient for them uh that's where and and also from the industry where we were taking these produce made by our farmers to them we were assisting them in providing the market linkage uh we we realized that there was another big gap that there was a strong intent to work with the farmers but they don't know how you, they they did not know how to organize them how uh how how to trust them on quality and reliability and that's where we we pivoted we said that we no longer an equipment manufacturing company but we also uh, we are a food processing platform where we would do mm. everything that is required for food processing uh, to happen at the farm gate to enable food processing at the farm gate so that was the second part where we integrated both technology and market linkage and the third was who are we working with right uh, the the need for financing came only because we are working with smallholder farmers who are new to credit and women they don't have any collateral they don't have any uh, historical data most of them did not even ha- have an bank account or had taken any loan in the past so the need for financing then got integrated because we intentionality for us is to work with smallholder women farmers who uh who, for whom this income increase is substantial and don't have to uh, work as farm laborers or daily wage workers so eventually it, uh, one thing led to another i think one important thing that i always say was that we were so much married to the problem and not to the solution that uh if we kept on evolving 
based on what was the need of the customer so uh, we started by technology moved into market linkage and third was financing and now it's like a full uh, i would say we the orchestra is complete like we can orchestrate all of these things together uh and we work with 2000 women entrepreneurs uh we are a total 120 member team based out of aurangabad uh, maharashtra that's where our headquarters is but we are now expanding out of maharashtra to madhya pradesh odisha andhra pradesh and in different geographies we are having different pilots um yeah so how, how many years how many years has it been to make this whole journey it's 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 a good 8 8 years journey 8 years uh, but the current model which is full fledged it's only be 2 years okay okay so i think this is a good point to launch into what i see as a second part of a conversation which is about your own journey within this larger journey of s4s um um you know what has it taken for someone like you to actually stay on you know with a problem uh, with with something that you're trying to do for 8 years I mean, what kind of mindset is needed for something like this uh, i'll answer your second question first which is that what sort of mindset is needed so apart from the grit resilience that is required for you to do this work yeah. uh for for this long time i think what you require is a very strong sense of purpose you 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 need to have to have a very st- strong sense of why are you doing it i totally believe that the work that we do do is very transformational is one of first of its kind in nature uh, so for this you require a very solution centric approach it, it requires you to be very focused on the customer or, or or for whom you are solving for and and have your ego uh you know separate your ego out of of what you're doing because mm. sometimes we feel that you know this is the solution i have created i know better what is needed but sometimes what you just needed is very simple basic things and to identify that is is important where you can uh, mm. look through Mm. look beyond what you have made or what you think is right as a as technologists i'm also a chemical engineer right we mm. felt that our te- technology is like how cool so groundbreaking mm. though in its individualistic form it is uh, based mm. on what all different things it can solve for it can hand- yeah. handle wide variety of material it work uh, it the efficiency is really in 6 to 8 hours everything get dehydrated there is no nutritional loss in the process the, the payback period mm. is is um, Mm. you actually see is is one year but uh what it took us to actually solve the problem the problem that we want to take small holder farmers out of poverty and to reduce food wastage it required us to do a lot more a mm. lot more uh, where we realized that we uh, if we are if we don't if we sort of don't uh if if we think that okay someone else is going to solve the problem of market linkage or financing we cannot create the same amount of impact we cannot actually so it requires you to do that additional hard work to go a lot more deeper into value chains so the mindset is really very solution centric and customer centric uh but in all this all of this can only be done if you have your purpose at the center so Uh, yeah there aren't so many women in the agri space and definitely not in the agri tech food processing allied industries um 
So, uh, would you say that it has been unusually hard for you? Um, uh, and if so, you know the the awards and the recognitions that have come your way has that eased your journey or the journey of other women who have wanted to enter the space? So, two parts of it. I think for me personally, uh, it has been a lot more easier in the past two to three years. Uh, the ecosystem has go, has has been really supportive there, and and, and that full blown ecosystem has come into in into play and in, and is in place now. Uh, but when I initially started, uh, I think one thing that really used to bother me was that every time it, if there is anything related to food or textile, people used to think, "Oh, is this your family business?" Hmm. or is this your husband's business or used to think that women can only do food uh it's not that high tech in nature or uh, hmm. it's not that transformative in nature so i used to really get affected by that a lot but uh it used to be unusually difficult because i was also young and i was a woman i thought both both of these parameters in some way or the other led to the fact that they 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 would not take me very seriously uh and there were challenges when you are talking to trade you are talking to different stakeholders like the government uh, so that was definitely a challenge i think what really helped me uh, in the process was not much on the see awards and recognitions is i think a very big byproduct of all of this uh it, it 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 always feels great but i think what feels more what is more motivating in the fact is that once it stops affecting you i think i became so thick skinned in the process that it did not uh, it it does not get to me now even if they feel uh, if anyone makes me feel that way uh, so one thing really helps is that uh you know that eventually there are like certain set of people who believe in you who, who believe in the solution and also uh i did not like make it like a i was okay to fail i think once i was also okay with like these few things together which was i was okay to fail i did not let uh the biases and other things get to me i was a lot more confident in doing what i wanted to do and then definitely the recognition helps i think the recognition helps others more than it helps me in this in the in the sense that a lot more people when they get to know about mm. what we are mm. doing or what mm. what uh, what is they mm. feel uh, that you know they can also do it like because i was <laughs> i was very normal i was when they meet me they would they, they would really feel the fact that uh this journey can be taken by them they don't you don't have to have only the role models like elon musk or like extraordinarily mm. a different sort of persona of people where you can also have your mm. empathy mm. as well as your numbers balanced together you don't need to be a certain type of you know uh entrepreneur so i think that uh that you will also only have to validate from other women but i i definitely feel that uh it actually gives people some confidence that this can be be done uh it helps my me and my family also in 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 ways that um it it 
it tells them that okay that this work that they are doing at least externally is validated mm. by someone uh mm. they have also they also see some value to it right mm. i i am very sure about it but it it helps mm. my family to get mm. have that assurance mm. um apart from that you know i think the recognition is the most important and the most valuable for our women farmers mm. because they feel that their work is now demonstrated at a global platform mm. they now think that their work is now recognized uh, by people at a global stage so mm. i think it's uh, it gives them more and more confidence it it makes them more and more uh, motivated to do to do things mm. uh, but i definitely think right now uh, things are so much better in terms of the ecosystem we have for women entrepreneurs mm. i think the int- intentionality by everyone whether it is through accelerator incubators or by the government mm. or mm. by uh, different mm. uh foundations like everyone together is so intentional uh, in empowering women entrepreneurs that uh you feel a lot more confident in your journey you feel a lot more that you have like a strong support system that you can rely on or there are others you can always knock when you are stuck so i think that is really beautiful i am very optimistic about it like i i think i've seen both the sides so i definitely feel that uh right now is the best time for any entrepreneur but also for women entrepreneurs because there is uh a, at least people recognize that women have not got uh, access to capital there are specific challenges faced by by women and they are not shying away in accepting that and everyone together wants to solve for it uh, they want to have a solu- have solution solution specifics for women entrepreneurs uh, and the and and what we have solved is for access right other earlier we would not have access to investors or access to a certain type of people who who we or knowledge in or a certain type of people or experts who had that specific knowledge but through this ecosystem building to today you really can uh, you know ask we, we were part of this nudge uh, mm-hmm. through the cisco agriculture challenge we were part of yeah. part of the nudge accelerator and we literally used to tell them that we want to work with someone in the dairy sector this is an expert mm-hmm. that i think is in the dairy sector and the intentionality is so high that they would go and reach out to mm-hmm. really uh experts in the uh, ecosystem who were not part of their network also and give mm-hmm. us those uh give mm. give us those access so i definitely think that it's we are i'm very optimistic and we sh- we are on the right direction though there is a lot that still needs to be done mm. uh but but i think the the intent is there the we have solved for some of the challenges i think the others we still are on our way mm. so uh nidhi i thought i could wrap up our conversation by asking you you know about how uh, what are what are some of the other things you do other than running your business which i can see takes up so much of your time and energies and rightly so but what are your passions what are your interests what what kind of makes you very excited i uh, have very wide <laughs> range of interests and passions i'm i'm so much into home decor i am also uh, i think my passions or interest also 
change very frequently so apart from the reading uh, uh, and uh, I, i like to read i think that's i, I don't know read as a passion but uh, i think that apart from that i think um, i watch a lot of bollywood movies i i like to uh to get any my... movies any movies that have stood out for you recently uh past lives it's a korean movie it's a okay. it's a great uh, romantic movie so i w- watch a lot of cheesy romantic bollywood <laughs> stuff uh the best way to relax yes best way to relax i think that is something that has been very consistent but apart from that uh i watch master chef master chef australia like i best watch all all the cooking shows and i think they are also a great uh, they have been a consistent part in my uh, my journey and like to try some of the recipes but i not very consistent with it uh, so yes i think gardening again like keeps uh, or pottery i think some of these things are very on and off um, mm. but uh, what has been very consistent is is just relying on bollywood movies to uh, steer me through the uh, those tough days and uh, and also cook shows uh, cook books cook shows i think food shows these are these are also like my guilty pleasures <laughs> right nidhi it's been such a wonderful conversation i've i've been so touched by some of the stories that you've shared uh, with us and our listeners today and i think they will stay with us about how something as small as empowering a woman at the village level can actually have ripple effects across the community um and solve for other larger questions whether it's food wastage or you know climate related issues but starting small um and staying consistently with it which is what seems to be uh, the journey of esperes and the commitment that all of you have put into it is such a heartwarming and positive story so thank you so much for the work you do and thank you for coming and speaking with us and giving us your time it's it's been great thanks arti and thanks to the entire plate the plate team and good luck to all of you as well thank you for your wishes and thank you dear listeners uh, for being with us and listening to another episode of the plate podcast until we meet again goodbye and stay well